release date September 27th, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Joey. And I'm Mason. Welcome to another episode of TBD Sportscast College Football. This episode is entitled Struggle Weekend, kind of off of the Funny Main Johnson, the How Bama Fans React video guy creating the video Struggle Zone, uh, loosely based on the Twilight Zone, because it seemed like every team in college football this past weekend really struggled. Um, pretty much go right into TBD takeaways for week four. Start out talking about Georgia, Kent State. With this game, I was a little surprised. I think a lot of people were, obviously. Um, the number one defense supposedly giving up 22 points to Kent State. Everybody like, well, how'd that happen? I really think that when you look at the scheming and the play calling of Kent State, Georgia has never really been great at the the hurry-up offense when we're on defense. When the defense gets hit with a hurry-up offense, we just don't react well. Again, we gave up a fake punt, too, on a fourth down. Like Kirby said, we really the defense really deserved the stop there, and they didn't get it. Um, but overall, good win. If you go back and look at the offense, they gave up three turnovers. But besides that, Brock Bowers had a great game, 145 yards offensively which is crazy just himself and the Georgia offense like just just the offense had like 100 yards so yeah Brock Bauer is definitely carrying um but he he played great besides the three offensive turnovers I thought Georgia offense had a great game it's just the defense although I really am happy that we'll get to this later but I'm glad that Oklahoma lost to Kansas State because all the Oklahoma fans were like well we beat Kansas State or we beat Kent State by you know 33 blah 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 only gave up gave up a field goal and it's like well yeah that's okay yeah i mean you're always gonna get that out of any fan really yeah i I was like dude so i was like really happy when they lost i was like yo oklahoma fans not better be saying or better not be saying nothing about george after that but the the last thing i'll say about it is i'm glad that that happened to our defense though because i remember the last time that we got hyped up by the media is like you know this unbeatable team we lost to alabama in the sec championship by almost 20 points but remember what happened after that we came back and we beat Michigan by 30. So it, I, I think that we'll be fine. I think we definitely need the, you know, come back down moment. You're not as good as you think you are. you got to finish the season. Got to play football. Got a good game on the road against Missouri this weekend. Missouri, as we saw last weekend, not that great of an opponent. But still, like Kirby said, too, road games in the SEC, they're tough, man. So, But that that's pretty much all I have to say about that. We'll move on. Let Joey talk a little bit next about the Clemson Wake Forest game. What'd you see there? What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, since you talked about your team, I guess it's time for me to talk about mine. Uh, the Wake Forest Clemson game, honestly, probably one of the best performances by DJ by far. Uh, you know, offensively, it the score didn't show how well the offense really played, but that offense was going. I mean, Wake Forest definitely played the run much better than they did last year. I mean, I think it was like 300, over 300 yards ru- rushing last year against Wake Forest, and I think we were just under 200 for this game. Um, but, you know, the passing offense was incredible. Ngata was catching some incredible, incredible catches. And, you know, DJ, no interceptions, which it means a lot from him. But, I mean, and, you know, the defense – you know, the, like I said, the score doesn't show much, but holding Wake Forest, I mean, dude, Wake Forest has one of the best offenses in the country, and I don't think anybody else can deny that. I still think Wake Forest is one of the better teams in the league, um, hence why, you know, I, 
I will always think that they're a top 15 team, no matter who they lose to, especially losing to Clemson. But, you know, that game was one of the best games of this season as of right now. And, you know, going into overtime was stressful. I really thought at that point Clemson was going to lose it. But, you know, defense, defense wins games, dude. And they really stepped it up. Then don't break. And that's what they live by. That's what they go by, no matter who the defensive coordinator is. And it really showed up and showed out. Yeah, and I'll make my take on this game real quick. I will officially upgrade DJ Ukulele back to DJ Uyagalale. He had a great game. He played really well, like you said. No no interceptions. He played smart. What a lot of people talked about after this game for Wake Forest, though, and the reason they lost this is they said that their defense didn't play that well, which I wouldn't I wouldn't dis- necessarily disagree with that. I think there's some truth in that, but I think it's also, one, Clemson offense had a great game. They had a really great game. And the other thing is, offensive play calling for Wake Forest was super sus. I saw them try to run it up the middle against the, you know a, a top five front seven at least 20 times that game. It's like it doesn't work. They did this in overtime, too, after they've already you know had lost yardage, barely got back to the line of scrimmage like 10 times. It's like you can't run it up the middle almost every play against a number, a top three front seven. You just can't do that. So for me, it's I, th- I think I think Wake Forest probably a little bit like you said, kind of deserved to win that game the way they played. But offensive play calling, I would definitely be taking a look at that if I was Wake Forest coach. For me, I there's one offensive play call that it got really annoying because they kept they kept calling the play because you know it was working. That RPO, the run pass option play, where they just they waited they just waited and waited and waited then handed the ball off that thing made me so mad but I didn't understand why they stopped going with it you know they were they were running up they were running up the yardage and you know they were scoring based off of that one singular play to be completely honest and then all of a sudden they just stopped making that play call which I I was kind of questioning a little bit and I, I didn't I don't even think I remember seeing it in the overtime uh plays but, um, you know, play calling does – it does come down to the coaching and the play calling. And uh, at the end of the day, I feel like, yes, Clemson has a lot of – still has some work to do with offensive play calling and working on those those newbie defensive players. But, you know – and that was another thing, you know. I feel like the game would have been a lot further – apart if Clemson didn't have you know all these DBs who were freshmen we had a lot of freshmen and sophomore DBs in uh due to injury and you know a lot of pass interference calls being called and um some of them I I I still stand here and disagree with but um especially if they're not going to call it on the other end but you know the result was still a win no matter over 100 yards and penalties given up by Clemson's defense alone, um, but um, yeah, man, I, I'm. I know we're going to talk about this in the next episode, but I'm just looking forward to the NC State game coming up. Absolutely, and we do have a couple other teams and games to talk about, but I think it's definitely worth asking if you could answer quickly. As a Clemson fan, there's a lot of speculation on this and a lot of criticism. But how do you feel about Dabo Sweeney not utilizing the transfer portal? Dabo Sweeney not utilizing the transfer portal. Um, I feel like he hasn't really had the need to. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great talent that goes through. Uh, but, you know, you're in Clemson, South Carolina. A lot of these teams who are 
you know, winning the transfer portal and stuff like that, they're in those bigger cities or they're Alabama, one of the best teams in the country every year. So, I mean, I feel like it's, it's not needed necessarily because we do have those high end recruits come in already, but also I feel like he just knows where he's at and he knows that he's not going to win most of those battles. You know, I mean, you really got to look at it. Like USC is one of the top USC is in Southern California is one of those top schools winning the transfer portal. They're in California, Southern California. And you got teams like Miami as well. That's Miami, Florida, you know, Ohio State, one of the best, better teams in the country as well. So it it's hard to really talk about it. It, it can be frustrating at times, but, you know, especially this past season, I didn't really find a need to look into the transfer portal, especially with, especially with what we had. Um, now, some years, you know, there's some players, but yeah. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me, and I totally understand that. I think there's just been a lot of, like I said, speculation about, well, maybe Clemson could do better if they had the transfer portal, but I think you make some good points. Moving on now, we'll talk about a game that doesn't need to be talked about for long. Auburn, Missouri, this this game was, they called it the toilet bowl because they're both in the two teams in the toilet, pretty bad. Uh, but this is the game, this is the first game that we picked opposite on, and I picked Auburn to win because it was at Jordan-Hare. You picked Missouri to win because you just thought that Auburn was bad, and it turned out that Auburn won by the skin of their teeth on a... (laughs) It was overtime. They're up by a field goal. Missouri from the 25 has a huge run, and right as the running back goes to reach the ball across the end zone, nobody even hits him. He just drops the ball into the end zone, Auburn recovers it for a touchback, and Auburn wins the game. So not much to be said there, I don't think. It's just uh, it's just one of those crazy games, two teams that are both bad. Missouri probably deserved the win, but... Auburn is still bad. <laughs> They're very bad. They're very bad. Um, moving on, the next one. This, this one was a little bit interesting. Kansas-Duke. This is another one that we picked different. I picked Kansas to win because, you know, it's at Kansas. They've actually been looking pretty good, and there's I guess there's actually one team in the Big 12 that has a pretty good defense? You know, I, I don't even know what to say about this game. I mean, it, I feel like it was another one of those games where it was just two bad teams, but somehow they were both undefeated, but, you know, and they, they had to face each other. Um, unfortunate that the ACC team had to lose it. Um, I feel like that's not the only game Duke will be losing this season, and I definitely don't think that Kansas is going to be an undefeated team for long. But, yeah, Kansas has a defense, dude, and I feel like it's probably one of the only teams with a defense. I mean, maybe behind Oklahoma State or even Baylor, but um, Baylor's kind of questionable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great game by both – by not both teams, by Kansas. Um, they, they, better be, they better be feeling it now because um, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's going to last for long, dude. I don't think it's going to last very long either. But it is funny that Kansas, of all teams in the Big 12, is tied for first. It'll be interesting when they get more Big 12 games rolling and see if they can actually beat their other opponents. They got a win right now over West Virginia, which is still kind of insane. But, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think it'd be crazy if Duke kept going and winning games. But we'll we'll see. <laughs> all right. I'll let you take this one, this next one, just because... You being the ACC guy, knowing a little about the rivalry between pretty much every ACC school and Notre Dame. And this is one that we said that we did not think that Notre Dame 
was going to win. We thought that North Carolina was going to come in. We said that if North Carolina came in and didn't play with readiness, that they could lose. And I think with Notre Dame having that chip on their shoulder, they probably trying to roll up and play ball. What do you think? For me, I mean, the rivalry is, is, is a pretty big rivalry. And, I mean, UNC has not beaten Notre Dame in years now. Um, but, you know, I feel like this was a job security game for Notre Dame's head coach, especially with, you know, after losing those first few games, a lot of people were already looking for a new head coach, to be completely honest with you. Um, but, you know, just not a good game from UNC, at least at the beginning. You know, they did come back towards the end, but uh, for every game where you're coming back in the end, it's just always too late. Um, I still think UNC is a pretty good team. Maybe not one of the best, but I don't think Notre Dame is in conversation for the best <laughs> at all. Um, but, you know, unfortunate loss by UNC. Um, congratulations to Notre Dame, I guess. I mean, they really what determined this game was they started the game ready and UNC started the game a little past halfway. So Yeah, it seemed like North Carolina had a pretty good start to the game, you know, opened it up with a, with a touchdown and just couldn't get anything else done in the second half. Notre Dame really ran away with it. So, I mean, it just it's like we said, you just have to be ready to show up and play. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame did show up and play. So we want to talk about, especially after this game, a team coming into the top 10 for the first time since like the early 2000s, 2006, I believe, or 2009. It's Tennessee. There's a lot of speculation around Tennessee. You know, like, are they good? Do they really deserve to be here? You know, like, what's what's going down in Knoxville, what do you what do you think? I think what anybody would think in years past, whenever Tennessee has gotten even considered for the top ten, and that is, this is just an overhype, and I feel like they're very much overrated. I feel like Tennessee is one of those teams that the media just loves, and you know when the media loves them, the AP poll loves them. I feel like once they start playing teams who are who actually have their feet underneath them, um, you know, their true colors will show. And, I, you know, I, I, I could be very much wrong. You know, this could be the year that Tennessee is, is really good. But I just – I don't know, dude. I just don't see it to where Tennessee is a top-10 team. I agree. And the thing about Tennessee is they have a really tough schedule coming up in the next couple of weeks. This weekend, Tennessee is in Death Valley at LSU, which LSU is not great. They're 3-1 and one with a loss to Florida State. They've been kind of on the improve, but the thing is, Death Valley is just a really tough place to play. And if Tennessee goes in there with their head not completely screwed on, LSU may come away with this. Um, but they the weekend after that, Alabama. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in Rocky Point, but... Ugh. And then two weeks after that, Kentucky. The week after that, Georgia. So <laughs> they got they got a tough four weeks coming up. If they really can get through that, especially by Georgia of all people, um, that that's gonna be crazy. This year, this I mean, I'm not gonna say that they will, but I'm saying I think they have probably the best chance they've had in the last couple of years to beat Alabama. The thing about Tennessee though is I'm not saying they're a great team and you know they're gonna go to the playoff and you know finish in the top ten, but I will say that Josh Heupel has done a great job with Tennessee. Hinden Hooker is a great pickup. Uh, Cedric Tillman, great pickup and wide receiver. They, they they just look good. I mean, they almost they they had a little bit of close call against Florida this past weekend. But I mean, as a football team with a lot of injuries too, I mean, I I think Tennessee looks good. For me, I, you already listed the next four games and um, 
I guess this is this might give away my uh, my uh, thought process for the next episode, but I definitely think that there's a big possibility that Tennessee could be going 0-4 for the next four games. Uh, it's very likely uh, a possibility. Um, but, you know, I don't think they're bad. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they're one of the top 10 best teams in the country. You know, I mean, I feel like this is, like I said, this is always a speculation uh, every year, and it, it just never seems to meet what everybody expects from them. I completely agree. I, I think that they've probably just, I mean, and, and they played some cupcakes at the beginning. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, they got a great road win against Pitt and, you know, a good win against Florida, but we'll see what happens against some real top 10 teams in the next coming week. So we got two games that we want to talk about, and these two games this past weekend proved that the Big 12 still has no good defense. Uh, <laughs> Texas and Texas Tech and OU and K-State. I mean, seriously, these were just high-scoring games. I mean, Texas and Texas Tech, no defense, took it into overtime. Uh, and OU, K-State, it was a constant battle of offense. Defenses were trash. Uh, OU ended up, or K-State ended up pulling it out by a touchdown. But it was late in the game. And boy, A Martinez, boy, that boy Martinez at K State, transfer from Nebraska, he he was on fire. Probably the best game I've ever seen by him. See, I feel like Kansas State is always that one team that puts up a fight against Oklahoma and they were finally able to do it this year. And then, you know, Texas versus Texas Tech. Um just unfortunate, man. I mean, Texas is going through a lot with injury right now, especially at the quarterback position. So, I mean, it was just an un- it's an unfortunate season already. Um, bad way to start the season, and I don't think the season's going to really get much better. Uh, which I hate to say it, but yeah, when they're healthy, I feel like they're one of the better teams in the country. But at this moment, nah. Yeah, it's just like I said earlier. I, I mean, we picked Texas to go in and do it, and they almost did, but couldn't pull it out. I mean, in Texas Tech, apparently, is a tough place to play on the road. Uh, but, no, I, I think we both saw Texas taking this, and they almost did, but lack of defense. I, I was so happy that I, I wish I would have chose K-State last week, but I'm I, I'm so happy that Oklahoma lost. I just wanted to get rid of them. If I, I wanted to lose at least one team from playoff contention that I didn't like this week. And, I mean, OU's not out of it, but it, they pretty much are. Um, but... <laughs> I'm just glad that they lost. That's the last one we, we're going to talk about. We're gonna, we'll hit the top 25 just really quick. Uh, so dropping out this week, we got Florida, Texas, and Miami all after losses. Florida, you know, six-point loss. Texas, three-point loss or four-point loss. Miami by a, like, 20-point loss to, can we talk about this, Middle Tennessee? Hello? Another game where they pay $1.5 million for a team to come down. And beat on them. I don't that even think. What, I don't even think Miami's defense showed game. up. No, they didn't. And you know that's the third game this season already that you know a smaller school is paid to just beat down on one of these bigger schools, and that just tells you that even if we thought that last season nobody was safe, well, I feel like this season. I mean, you kind of expect that. None, some of these teams were not safe. Notre Dame, for example. Miami, for example. I don't think anybody saw that uh, Texas A&M pick, though. No. And, you know, I we, I wasn't going to talk about that because, Cam, man, I felt so bad watching Arkansas players crying on the sidelines. I mean, they, I feel like they were a good team. They just had a bad game. But next up, coming in, 
this was a good one. 25 K state after a very good win against Oklahoma, uh, number 23, Florida state university, which I'm honestly kind of surprised they hadn't come in sooner. And one that kind of surprised me, but was like, okay, number 21, Minnesota. I, I like that a lot. I, I, I like I like those three coming in. Let's go. You know, I feel like every the past few seasons we've been pretty big on Minnesota. We've loved them mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and, you know, they're back. They're back. I don't think it's going to last for long, but they're back. They're back for now. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, congratulations uh, to Kansas State and, and Florida State as well. I, I, like you said, I don't know. I don't understand why Florida State hasn't been in there already. I feel like it was a lot of uh, uncertainty. Um, but they got there and, you know, they're looking good right now, but, uh, they got a tough schedule as well. They definitely do. But I, I think that top 25, we look at it, but it doesn't really matter till about week seven or eight when college football playoff rankings come out. Those are the real ones, but yeah. And that's pretty much our podcast, you know, interesting week in, in week four, it was definitely a struggle weekend for a lot of teams. You know, another, we didn't mention Ole Miss struggling against Tulsa. Uh, I mean, teams all over were struggling. It's like the only team that didn't struggle, honestly, was Alabama and Ohio State, which makes Georgia look really bad that we struggled against Kent State. Somehow kept the number one ranking, but because I figured we dropped at least two. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's our podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. And always remember. No matter what team you pull for, if you're on God's side, you're always on the winning team. Just know that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That rings true today. And you, if you don't have Jesus, you need him. He saved me. He saved Joey. He saved us. And we just want you to know that he loves you. There's a Father in heaven who created you for you. He has a purpose for you. If you ever want to talk about that, or you want to talk about anything, if you're struggling with anything you want to talk, you can always hit up our Instagram DMs, Facebook Messenger, or just leave a comment on this YouTube video. We'll reach out to you. We'd love to talk to you, and we're praying for our listeners. But thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on Friday. Bye-bye. Later. Later.